the show the establishment warned you about. And welcome today to the Dr. Tommy Show, brought to you by Atlas MD, the most listened or the most uh, mm. widely utilized Atlas. Uh, electronic medical record among membership medicine practices in the future. Maybe not yet, but someday we'll be there. And if you want to know why we'll be there, you need to exercise your right to use Atlas MD for free for 60 days. <laughs> and you can do that at, at AskDrTommy.com and you can click on special offer for Atlas MD and use it for free for 60 days. What was funny? I was just watching myself as it came on. Uh, I was yawning. Ah, uh, uh-huh, because it's a, it's a busy life being a membership medicine practice but it's one that we wouldn't trade for anything Excuse else in the me. world Tired i was looking today. today on the twitter twitter verse and uh, one of the things that came across it was about how the cms is innovating to help doctors uh, become better doctors and solve the healthcare crisis blah 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 so we'll cover that later okay we're also going to cover uh, something to do with uh, t- taking selfies with bears and then also um uh, North Korea. I think that's the first thing up is I wanted to talk about. Uh, oh, okay. One of the first things I want to talk about is a quote from George Orwell. This came across the Twitter verse too. And it says, and this is what inspired me to look at the CMS thing. It says, this is from George Orwell, author of 1984 and animal farm. For those of you who are interested and not, not informed, George Orwell said, merely having the power to avoid work and live one's life from birth to death an electric light into and to the tune of tin music is not a reason for doing so man needs warmth society leisure comfort and security he also needs solitude creative work and sense of wonder so i, I saw that i said that, that makes sense mm-hmm. um because a lot of people just live their life so they can pay the bills get through you know whatever the canned entertainment is they see on network tv and then they live from life to death and in between they have very little meaningful pleasure and then they die and they're gone forever. But a lot of people are okay with that memory hold. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, a lot of people are okay with that. And a lot of, uh, what the reason I brought that up is because I was looking at this thing about the, uh, CMS innovation center. This is something that some people were tweeting about and they're saying, look, you know, look what CMS is doing to help doctors, um, and patients. They're so helpful. Help doctors and patients become more useful to each other. And this is the CMS stages here. So if you're out there and you're a doctor, you may be very familiar with this. So this is this is the CMS, um, one of their payment systems or something that they're going to help you do to uh, become better doctor. It says about the CMS Innovation Center. The Innovation Center allows the Medicare and Medicaid programs to test models that improve care, lower costs, and better align payment systems to support patient-centered practices. Now, how long did it take them to come up with that word? That's so sounds so great. So how can you do that if you're a doctor or you're a medical practice? One, phase one, and you could, if you're watching online, you can see this uh, on YouTube. Phase one, collect data. Record quality data and how you use technology to support your practice. If an advanced APM fits your practice, then you can join and provide care during the year through that model. APM means alternative payment model or something. Okay. It's one of their acronyms they come up with. That's the other thing they're good at is coming up with acronyms. Mm-hmm. I can't stay up with all of them. Phase two, report data. To potentially earn a positive payment adjustment under MIPS, another acronym, 
send in data about the care you provided and how your practice used technology. So if we were doing okay. it, we could say, we use technology today to text a patient. And they're going to say, well, is that HIPAA compliant? Well, they 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 uh, agreed to non-secure forms of uh, communication. Well, you should use one of our HIPAA compliant vendors, and for the low low price of fifteen thousand dollars a year, <laughs> you can do that. Oh well. So phase three, CMS will provide feedback to you on your level of performance. Oh, that's good, and how you compare to historical benchmarks if applicable. So CMS is going to let you know how you're doing, whether you're doing a good job or not. Oh, that's nice of them. Phase four. Payment adjustment. You may earn a positive MIPS payment adjustment if you submit data by the submission deadline. If you participate in an advanced APM, then you may earn a 5% incentive payment. Are they going to send you a sticker too? Wow. I'd probably send you a nice plaque to put on your so wall. So if, if we decide to do this one day, who's going to do all this for us? Well, that's why you hire stakeholders uh-huh. who are people who own companies that are uh, employed by the um practices to help you report to the government how well you're doing Mm. that's what stakeholders are stakeholders are people Mm. who are make their living based upon government requirements for them to have a position so stakeholders are people like oh uh, um, consultants technology firms that help you become compliant and all these things in healthcare. nothing to do with patients or doctors but it's to help you meet the the benchmarks and all the different performance parameters that you need for for the CMS. Let's see what this says. This is back to the CMS Innovation Center. The Innovation Center was established by Section 115A of the Social Security Act. Congress created the Innovation Center for the purpose of testing, quote, innovative payment and service delivery models to reduce program expenditures, yeah, right, while preserving or enhancing the quality of care for those individuals who receive Medicare, Medicaid, or CHIP. Congress provided the Secretary of Health and Human Services with the authority to expand the scope and duration of a model being tested through rulemaking, including the option of testing a nation, on a nationwide basis. Blah, 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 blah. God, do you know how much easier it would be if there was no CMS, there was no Medicaid, no well, Medicare? We, we just went, people how, just went to the doctor and there was an exchange of cash. Well, what about poor people? They can, they can figure it out. You know, they can stop buying their cigarettes, their beer, or whatever it is. But what about poor people? <clears throat> Excuse me. What about poor people who don't smoke cigarettes or drink beer? What will we ever do about them? The truly poor. The truly poor who through no... Um, the truly poor, the who, disabled, who no, the mentally ill, the yeah. handicapped. We can, we can have a program just for them, but mo- we know a lot of these people that are on Medicaid... Are work are people they're capable of working and earning money and, well, fill, the, and earning their way. That's one of the things that you're not supposed to think about, though. You're I supposed know. to think that everyone who's poor is poor because of nothing they choose to do on their own, and then the welfare state doesn't support their behavior and make them less productive citizens mm-hmm. by incentivizing them to continue bad behavior. But we know that the like poor, buying things that are self destructive. Yes, but we know that the poor, what they classify as the poor today, is not they're not truly poor. Back in the day, thirties, forties, people were seriously poor. No shoes, no food. They didn't have of course they didn't have modern technology. But today they say most the majority of what so-called poor people are have televisions the size of your wall. Yes. They have multiple cars, multiple children. They have food in their refrigerator. They have health care. They have everything they really could want. And then back to the 
case of what about the truly poor? Well, that's what charity hospitals are for. And charity hospitals used to exist to provide care to poor people. Mm-hmm. But those are no longer in existence. Now they've been replaced by quote-unquote nonprofit hospitals. And if you visited your local nonprofit hospital, you will see it is one of the most beautiful palaces in your city. <laughs> yes. Your local nonprofit hospital <laughs> probably is. has more marble per square inch than any other building other than uh, the county courthouse in your city. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, um, I had a hospital call me last week to schedule an appointment. I went through five minutes of questions. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to schedule your, your appointment um, for the 14th. And I said, okay. She goes, do you have a moment? I said, sure. So for the first, I would say two minutes, she was asking me questions that were not even related to my appointment. What color am I? What, what, what does that matter? Are you married? Did they ask you if you're married? I can't remember. Yeah, she did ask me if I was married. She asked me what religion I believe in. Yeah. Some other silly questions. I'm like, when are we going to get to the important part? Like yeah. my appointment. I need to go to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, I want my appointment. Who cares what color I am? Well. Anyway. Here's a. There's another headline for about CMS innovation. First ever CMS innovation. This is back from 2016. Now, this precedes what we've been talking about now. Okay. All these innovations that have taken place, those phases I talked about, this was the genesis of it. The Department of Health and Human Services today announced a new funding opportunity for up to $157 million to test, test whether screening beneficiaries for health-related social needs and associated referrals to and navigation of community-based services will improve quality and affordability in Medicare and Medicaid. So this is actually different. It says, many of the social issues such as housing instability, hunger, and interpersonal violence affect individuals' health, yet they may not be detected or addressed during the typical health care visits. Over time, these unmet needs may increase the risk of developing chronic condition and reduce an individual's ability to maintain these conditions, resulting in increased health care utilization and cost. All right. So none of that, what they said is incorrect. None of what they said is incorrect. Many of these social issues, such as housing instability, hunger, and interpersonal violence affect individuals' health, yet they may not be detected or addressed during typical health care related visits. Over time, these health unmet needs may increase the risk of developing chronic conditions and reduce an individual's ability to maintain these conditions, resulting in increased health care utilizations and costs. Exactly so saying, right. So they're saying when a person comes to the doctor um, or anywhere, they're right. not being, uh, are, did you, were you able to eat breakfast today? Did you have today? a house today? Mm-hmm. How's, your, how's your father treating you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so during a typical visit, none of these things are addressed, which is true. So what? Well, so, not always. I will tell you that well, I had to fill out a form when I went to my first um, OB appointment. I was required to do that form. You filled out a form, but did they address it? We never spoke about it. See, why not? See, that's, So I could have been lying, of course. Yeah. You know, is my husband beating me? Yeah. Do I feel threatened? Do, do I feel harmed? Well, you know, do I have, is there food in the refrigerator? So this, this goes, this is from, uh, this is then uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services, mm-hmm. Sylvia Burwell. This is in 2016. We recognize that keeping people healthy is about more than what happens inside a doctor's office. Okay. And that's why for the first time, we're testing whether screening patients for health-related social needs and connecting them to local community resources like housing and transportation to the doctor will ultimately improve their health and reduce costs to taxpayers. The Accountable Health Communities model is yet another step towards building a healthcare system that results in healthier people and stronger communities and spends our healthcare dollars wisely. 
Award recipients under this model, referred to as bridge organizations, will oversee the screening of Medicare and Medicaid beneficiaries for social and behavioral issues such as housing instability, food insecurity, utility needs, interpersonal violence, and transportation limitations, and help them connect with and or navigate the appropriate community-based services. All right, so now the government, which is so excellent at providing health care through CMS for Medicare and Medicaid, is not only going to provide health care, but they are going to connect people who have all of these various different personal problems mm-hmm. to the appropriate um, to the appropriate uh, organizations that are going to then help them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which enables it's it's just enabling people so, to become more and more, um, rely you know relying on the government, relying on people. And I don't know. I've worked with I've worked in this stuff before in the past, and oh my gosh. People just get to where they. I mean, these people that I worked with. If it was up did nothing to the government, all day long, and all I and all I, my job was to help them get as much free, re, you know, send them to this resource and that resource. And if it was up to the government, this the the establishment government, people would not take a single breath or have a single thought throughout the day that was not somehow tied to the federal government. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, back to the point. All these yeah. things are, are true. Yes, housing instability, hunger, interpersonal violence affect individuals' health. What is the federal government going to do about that? What is the federal government, what has the federal government done about that since the 70s, since the war, or 60s, since the war on poverty was started? The war on poverty by Lyndon Baines Johnson. I think Just it was $22 trillion has been spent on the war on poverty. Guess yes, what? Yes, and where Guess has how, it got pers- us? More and more people relying on these services. Not one percentage point difference from the 1960s to now of the number of people in quote unquote poverty. Mm -hmm. What has happened though is more people are probably born out of wedlock, Mm -hmm. fewer marriages, Mm -hmm. uh, more dependence on opioids Mm -hmm. to get through your day, and more... Um, more dependence on the government in general just to to live a, a normal life. Right. Um, we also know, I mean, I also know, we both know this. Um, now, like I said, I'm not downing everyone that's on, um, you know, welfare, food stamps, you know, Medicaid, all that. But there are a lot of people that are using these services that uh, should not be using these services. But those that are on food stamps, how many have you seen? How many people do you know um, that look like they are uh, malnourished on food stamps? The, the thing you've about, been in line before by you know behind people yeah. checking out the thing about the government do they look like they're ready to kill over the thing about the government is what what is sold to you is there's a there's this idea and this is a this is a time tested uh, um, way that they do things is they put forward a front man a front man is someone who has all of these things that are um, laudable. So you put forward a poor person who needs help for getting food on the table because they're a single mother working two jobs with three children. The children don't want to starve. That's the goal is to provide her with um, provide her with food to feed her children for a short period of time until she right. can go back to school, get on her feet, and then put her kids through college, and they all live healthy, productive, happy lives. Mm-hmm. What they don't show you, though, is the the way that the government entraps people and gives them incentives not only to remain single with three children and undereducated or underemployed mm-hmm. but it subsidizes their 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 lifestyle and it subsidizes a, a lifestyle that is unproductive mm-hmm. and it also gives people who are 
not with three children and um, uh, working two jobs. It gives people who just don't feel like working. Mm -hmm. It gives them an ability to live in a way that perpetuates this lifestyle. And it also helps the people take that money and go turn it into corporations who otherwise would not get the money. Mm -hmm. So there's people who are paying taxes right now to go fund welfare programs who would otherwise keep their money and not go buy cigarettes with it and not buy beer with it and mm -hmm. not buy food with it even just regular things. Right. But, and not go on cruises, mm -hmm. but instead what the government does is they're very clever. So they put forward this, this person, this very compassionate action to, to feed this uh, family of four. Now they use that as a front man. And then they give everyone who falls under their broad category money. And those people take the money and they go and they buy things with it. And that funds corporations so corporations are now able to eat out of your pocket without you knowing they're doing it. And Absolutely. by doing so, they're doing it through the actions of what's supposedly compassion. So now you're a compassionate person. And here's the other key. Here's the, the most important part. If you object to that, if you object to welfare state spending, then you are a bad person because you hate single women who work two jobs with three kids who are just trying to put food on the table. You're a piece of garbage. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely believe that um, the situations arise where people need help. I'm not against that whatsoever. But this is a prime example of what happens a lot of times. The house I own in Zephyr Hills. The neighbor, Mr. Willie. Mr. I bought that home in 2012. Mr. Willie and his wife and 10 children moved in a year later. So 2013, here we are, 2015, uh, Mr. Willie and his family still living in this home. This home has been, uh, now it is considered Section 8. So Mr. Willie has had five years to get his life together and start paying his own rent or mortgage. But he's, he's still living there five years later. But, and they seriously have 10 children. But who benefits and, from that? Well, Mr. Willie drives a, a Jaguar. He also has a pretty new expedition in his driveway. And he has another vehicle, too. So he has three vehicles. So we know that the, the, the makers of these cars benefit. He has a television on his wall that is, I don't even know, it's probably 60 inches. Giant. And then most <laughs> importantly, the homeowner that rents that And the home homeowner benefits. who lives in California that I've spoke with. Um, who, you know, he said, he says he's good, doing a good deed for Willie. Uh, of course, I, I think, sure, maybe a year or two. That's great. Let Mr. Willie get ahead and figure out a way to support his family. But here we're going on five years. So this owner is collecting money from taxpayers. And Mr. Willie pays about $100 a month to live in the same home that 145 other people work hard for. In this neighborhood, so frustrating, and drives and has three to four vehicles in his driveway, nicer than what I drive. And such we live in the. I could go on a rant about that all day long. It's just so frustrating. It's so annoying to me. Yeah. Two well, years is good. I think. I think the important thing you to need take help. home is good two that years. Get yourself together. The uh, welfare state is built to keep people in the welfare state. There is no graduates from the welfare state. There's only more and more people to join it, to empower the well, government I think once they to get have on more it, like, control over your life. Imagine, and, Tommy, if you go to the grocery store, though, and you're not paying for your food, 
And then for a while you might think, well, I feel a little guilty, you know, well, but you need help. You know, I get it. But then after so many years, you're like, wow, the idea of going back and paying for my own food. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> are you going to change your lifestyle so that you can then, some people will, but the goal of the welfare state will. is the destruction of incentive or uh, the, the destruction of um, a person to go out and make for themselves. The goal of the welfare state is to make you subservient to the welfare state, unquestioning loyalty to the government in exchange for a, uh, a, an existence. Mm. Not, you, they don't want you necessarily to become great. They want you to become good enough where you survive, and that's it. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand. They don't understand that the destruction of the uh, welfare state. Anyway. Is something interesting. Well, a lot of people think um, the way I think is harsh. Well, um, there's a there's enough room for everyone to think however they want to think. Mm -hmm. It's just important to you think critically. You out there listening or watching, and it's also important not to take selfies with bears. This is hat tip Joe Rogan. This is a unfortunate gentleman here. This is uh, from CBSNews.com. Man mauled to death trying to take selfie with bear. Hat tip Joe Rogan on Twitter. This is from New Delhi, from Arshad Zagar. Oh, my goodness. A man trying to take a selfie with an injured bear was mauled to death in India on Wednesday, the latest in a string of selfie-related fatalities in the country. The Hindustan Times reports the victim, Prabhu Batara, was returning from a wedding in the, I'm sorry, I'm going to mess this up, Farsaguda area of the eastern Indian state of Odisha with several others when he stopped his car near a forest to attend a, quote, nature's call. I guess use the bathroom. He spotted an injured bear and tried to snap a selfie with the animal. <laughs> Ooh. Amateur footage broadcast by several Indian news crews shows the victim being mauled by a bear while another person tries to ward off the animal using a stick. A stray dog can also be seen attacking the bear. The victim, engaged in fist-to-claw fight with the bear, manages to stand up briefly before being dragged down to the ground again. The Hindustan Times also reported that the bystanders were busy shooting the incident on their mobile phones instead of trying to rescue them. That's Newspaper great. quotes forest official, somebody, I'm not going to be able to pronounce the name, I'm not going to butcher it, as saying, Batara died on the spot. After killing Batara, the bear did not move from the side of the road. Batara's body was recovered only after a forest officials arrived and tranquilized the bear. A 2016 study by researchers from Carnegie Mellon and Indra Prasha Institute of Information Delhi said India topped the list of countries with selfie-related deaths with 76 deaths from March 2014 to tw September 2016. Goodness gracious. When we were on vacation in June in the mountains, we um, there was a lot of people pulled over on the side of the road, so we pulled over too, and mm -hmm. I videoed uh, um, a couple cubs, but I did it from a distance. And you didn't take any selfies with did the not take cubs any selfies. or its mother. No, did not take any uh, selfies with the bear. I knew enough to keep my children and myself away. Yeah. Poor uh, guy. Sad, and everyone's videoing him dying. Yeah, don't take selfies with bears. Did you hear that the this is new breaking news? 970 WFLA, North Korea releases three American detainees. Three American citizens were being held in North Korean labor camps, have been released or on their way home with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. President Trump tweeted Wednesday morning. 
The president announced the prisoner release in a tweet Wednesday morning. I'm pleased to inform you that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is in the air and on his way back from North Korea with three wonderful gentlemen that everyone is looking forward to meeting. They seem to be in good health. Also, good meeting with Kim Jong-un date and place set. Awesome. Yep. Why were those men there? Do you know? Why? No idea. But I do remember reading about it, that they were going to try to get their release. Previously, uh, the only people to get released, is, as far as I can remember, from like places like Iraq or North Korea or whatever, would be like Muhammad Ali would go somewhere and come back with a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I think Dennis Rodman got some people back from North Korea before because oh, wow. he's buddies with Kim Jong-un. But this is the first time that I remember seeing that the United States government brought them back themselves. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very good news. And what else? Oh, NBC. This is from Radar Online, uh, May 9th, 2018. NBC releases new details following Matt Lauer's sexual harassment investigation. NBC has finally released new details from their investigation into Matt Lauer's sexual harassment case, according to the network. The first woman to complain about Lauer spoke to executives on November 2017. As Radar Online readers know, Ann Curry previously claimed she informed her manager about the shamed former anchors inappropriate sex behavior, uh, sexual behavior six years ago. We found no evidence indicating that NBC News or Today Show's leadership, news HR, or others in position of authority and news division received any complaints about Lauer's workplace behavior prior to 2017, November, uh, read the network's statement released this Wednesday. Well, that's good to know that NBC found that <sighs> they had not heard anything about it. What's happening with him? He's kind of just fell off the radar, right? Well, it said, I read somewhere else that he says he wants to uh, spend some time with his family, which is the common thing that people do when they get busted. This is from usmagazine.com. This is from April 27, 2018. Ann Curry, I reported Matt Lauer for sexual harassment in 2012. Uh, Curry told the Washington Post an article published April 26th that a female staffer at NBC confided in her about being sexually harassed physically by Lauer. Hmm. Uh, the Will Meet Again host 61 said she reported the woman's allegations to NBC's management team. Um, Curry did not name the woman, but she did mention Lauer. I told management they had a problem. They needed to keep an eye on him and how he deals with women. Um, so this is this is the former host from the Today Show from uh, – uh, I guess she hosted with Lauer. NBC made headlines headlines when the network removed Curry from the Today Show in June 2012 amid struggling ratings and her tension with Lauer. So they came her in 2012. Interesting. Because she was having funny. tension with Lauer. She reportedly was sexually harassed by Lauer. Or her, she was or her friend? She was. She claimed that she was too. And okay. she said someone else did. So she was canned. Now, she was on or Good Morning America... Wait. At one time, Good Morning America and Today's Show were two different shows. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, I can't keep up with them. I think oh, I, I think I've seen her or met her many years ago when oh, I went so to New York. Ann and went... Curry didn't. I'm sorry. Okay, Curry, so it was her friend. Ann Curry pre- previously claimed she informed her managers about the shamed actors, shamed former anchors' inappropriate behavior. Okay, so she says that she reported this in 2012. But she, but she was let go around. She the same was let time. go. Same the, year, anyway. For the star, you know, Matt Lauer is a big star for NBC. But good thing is NBC is investigated now, and they found no evidence of impropriety prior to when they found out about it and then took decisive action. So oh, good so for NBC. Think, so she was lying, her friend was lying. Well, NBC investigated themselves. They say everything's cool. They said, we found it. We, we eradicated it. Good for them. 
Well, that's it for today. If you want to join us, uh, go to AskDrTommy.com, click on um, watch or listen, and then you can subscribe on YouTube or iTunes. And then you can also stay up to date on YouTube by hitting the bell. Today's song of the week is from Sammy Hagar, Little White Lie. This is from the first solo album after he left Van Halen in 1996. And it is um, from 1997. So Sammy Hagar, Little White Lie. Thank you all for joining us. Joining us. Until next time. Bye-bye.